Entrepreneurs Will Save the World. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. We focus on the mindset shifts entrepreneurs make to increase their influence and impact in the world. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast. We would love for you to like, share, and leave a review of our show. Subscribe on YouTube. Most importantly, help us spread the word about the great stories being shared on our show. Our guest today is Rob DJ Heart Attack Johnson. DJ Heart Attack hails from San Diego, California, where he quickly became a prominent and successful individual in the nightlife scene from running a couple nightlife VIP departments to pivoting and becoming a successful nightclub DJ. He frequently travels all over the country to play in many different cities, Miami, Scottsdale, Los Angeles, and many more. Robin took his culinary experience from social media to learning and creating the bocce bus flavor menu and taste we have quickly fallen in love with. DJ Heart Attack and Robert have a conversation about travel and the nightlife, how his nightlife experience empowered him to start his own food business in the middle of the pandemic, how he and his partners are creating a social movement around their culinary experience, is a valuable conversation about business growth, scale, and just the willingness to make it work. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. Just looking forward to great conversation and learning about your entrepreneurial journey. Okay, awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So typically, I just let people share you know, their journey. I know that uh, you kind of jumped out of the workforce into being a DJ, and of course, now you're, you're stepping into some new things. So would you share a little bit about that path? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so... I would assume, as, as everybody does, you try to uh, find a path and do whatever you can do on your way to figuring out what it is you want to do in life. Um, I know throughout my life that I've been told, oh, you're going to be great. You're going to you have the skill set to do whatever you want to do. And uh, as a younger adult and as a kid, I was like, I don't know what the hell that is other than the football. Um, once football hit its climax for me, I kind of just was like, well, what am I going to do? And somehow I stumbled into nightlife. Um, and I stumbled into nightlife uh, as a bar back at first. Um, and as a bar back, you're supposed to have your head down and kind of just work. Um, the venue that I was at told me they absolutely hated it because uh, all I would do and uh, was talk to people, and all people would do would come to the bar and they want to talk to me. Um, they're like, "You're you came you get it. You're doing a job, but you're not just talk at all. You're that's the bartenders." Um, so then like um, they said, "We got another position. We're going to try you out at." Um, it's more suited for your skill set, which is being a personal person, talking to people. Uh, and they had me hosting, uh, hosting nightlife, and then kind of like promoting that kind of that, that kind of like, um, angle. Uh, and that literally took off for, uh, for a mini career for me. So I did that for about, I say, seven years or so. Um, and then once that, and that was in San Diego. Once uh, I kind of saw a climax for myself there, I figured, okay. What's my next stepping stone? I always utilize nightlife as um, figuring out what's next. Who am I going to meet here? Uh, utilize this opportunity to um, vault myself to my next career in life. Um, and that and also the push from your parents always saying, you know, get a job with uh, benefits, this, that, and the other. Um, and I've always had a passion for music. I've always had a passion for 
figuring things out, uh, like a little technical kind of thing, you know, messing with mechanics and things of that nature. Um, and in nightlife, I would obsessively sit and watch the DJs. Uh, it became a captivating thing and how they can control the crowd, play certain songs, uh, mix, uh, play with turntables. Like I was always fascinated with that. So any chance I had, I would watch. Um, and then it became towards the end where I said, okay, I'm gonna do something next, you know, something else for my, myself. Um, I started obsessively watching even more. Um, and then one day I decided, okay, I'm gonna buy all this equipment. Bought all the equipment, didn't really tell anybody. And then I started practicing. I took the basic knowledge uh, that the DJs would kind of tell me um, and show me. And then I would kind of try to do for myself a little bit of YouTube. And then I had like one or two friends that I was um, confident enough that I would ask and say, hey, you know, this is this uh, without somebody trying to judge me. Because DJs, hard to believe a lot of them are very like particular about, oh, somebody coming into their lane and, oh, I've been doing this 20, 30 years where I had to grab crates and now you want to just come plug in and go, um, which I get. But at the same time, I don't ever knock anybody for wanting to jump into the lane. I tell them it's not easy. I tell them there's more skill sets than just uh, being a DJ and to come along with it, which uh, I happen to have. Um, I, I had kind of a leg up with the network, uh, with traveling to other cities, uh, meeting other people, things of that nature. And then I had the music knowledge because I was working in those clubs. Um, so I started it. Um, I actually quit my job as a host and I got hired to be a... Uh, what is it, a loan officer. I was training to be a loan officer. Completely different fields. They uh, liked my sales background uh, and the numbers, and they were like, all right, cool, we're gonna, we, we want you. Uh, so I had did that at the same time as I started trying to DJ. So doing both at the same time, you got to be in the office at 7 o'clock in the morning, or I'm leaving a certain venue sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was sitting there, and uh, the owner of the company looked at me, he's like, what are you, like, what, what's going on? Like, why are you tired uh, and I explained to him it was my first job like job in a long time um, and then I was balancing DJing and he's like you know what you're going to be great at whatever you do in life he's like I can see it now you have potential to make a lot of money here doing this um, he said but you can't do both he's like the level of attention that requires for both of those things you're going to have to figure out what you want to do and so I sat there in the office and I said you know what uh, I was I think 26 at the time something like that. And I said, uh, you know, this opportunity might come around once in life. I can go back and be a loan officer any day. Uh, but my window of opportunity to try to be a DJ uh, is probably slimmer than none. Uh, I said, let me take a chance. He's like, my door is always open if you want to come back. I said, cool. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm going to try this other thing. Um, that was in 2014. 15. 2014. And I haven't looked back since. Nice. DJ DJ all over the country. Um, got to travel to Toronto, Canada once uh, to play once in Mexico, uh, but a lot of a lot all over the country. Uh, Miami, New York, uh, Las Vegas, up and down the coast of uh, the West Coast, Texas, Arizona. Um, and I, I I love it. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So you then mentioned the, pan the pandemic here, right? Yeah. <laughs> before you go, before you. Go through the the pandemic. You mentioned uh, that you had you started building a network, and you'd kind of had a network from from hosting and from your prior experience. So let's talk about the power of a network and, and how that how that served you. Um, I've I've heard it uh, very early on. 
um, and I'm a firm believer in it. I hear it today. Um, a lot of people that do uh, public speaking and you know, they have amassed millions and millions of dollars, they tell you that your network is your net worth. Um, and a lot of people who are introverts find it hard to do so, uh, which I understand. Uh, but when you kind of get put in positions of success, I'll just say, and I put that in quotations because success on every level is, is different to some people. Um, but when you are around other people and people see that you're doing well, they're going to want to gravitate towards you and find out, hey, what is it that you're doing uh, that makes you successful? Because I want to emulate that or try it myself. Um, so whether it's somebody doing that or you're in a place where, like I was, um, and I met hundreds, if not thousands of people per weekend, um, whether it's quick hello, shake a hand, pass a business card, you never know who somebody's going to be. And I, I utilize that philosophy when I walk into any venue, uh, whether it's a venue in my home city or in a different city. Uh, I do my best to say hello, greet everybody from uh, the door guy to the bathroom attendant, if I go to the bathroom, security, um, bartenders, bar bags, cocktail servers, managers, um, the night, the, the lighting and sound technician. Um, especially because in that field, you never know who's going to go from one position to the next, like I did myself. Uh, and they're running the venue and they're cutting your checks. Um, but that and just genuinely just being yourself. Um, and, and I say that with the grain of salt, hoping that everybody's a good person uh, deep down inside. Um, and, and, and people like that. And one day somebody's going to need you for something or they're going to ask for your services. Uh, or if you could be there or you could show up, you could volunteer. Um, and I always take every opportunity that I can um, without overextending myself. I'm um, saying, so yeah because you never know who you're going to impact or who you're going to meet. Um, I like kids, so I uh, I like to to help the youth, um, anything I can. So people ask things like that all the time. Uh, I do my best to go out the way um, to show people, hey, you can get it done. Especially nowadays, kids, they have so much on their plates. Um, I wanted to say it's not going to be easy, but it can be done. Anything can be done. So. Nice. You mentioned obviously authenticity, and as a DJ, obviously there's a uniqueness to to each DJ, right? If you're imitating somebody else, that, that they don't need you, right? And so you really do have to have your own style. Um, it, how how's that help in entrepreneurship? Being able to be authentic, be yourself. Um. Well, you. Uh, I. I. You, I, I I take business and I look at it in the, in the standpoint of uh, like a fast food restaurant, right? You have a McDonald's across the street from an In-N-Out. You have a McDonald's across the street from, from Burger King every day. They're both in operations. They're both conducting business. It's what you can do to separate yourself from somebody else, whether it's um, in, that, in, that, in that aspect, whether you um, want to be Burger King and tell people they can have it their way or McDonald's and you're loving it. I mean, what you find what works for you and that you love, that you are genuinely yourself um, and you differentiate something from somebody else. And, and a lot of business, 90% of the time, uh, especially in today's era, you're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, a lot of business models are the same exact thing as somebody else. Uh, like myself, I've uh, opened a business that is the same as something somebody else, but I did my own spin to it. Um, and at the same time, don't be discouraged or afraid of going into a venture that is already existing. You take that opportunity to say, 
here's how I'm going to be um, different or here's how I'm going to be better or here's how I can have a better product or or the most important is here's how I can touch a different market or somebody else that's like me that's going to want what I have because what I wanted wasn't there or because how I wanted it wasn't there. So let me do my way. And then hopefully thinking that forward thinking is other people like your way. Um, and then get lucky with some good marketing and go from there. So obviously you mentioned DJing, traveling all over the country, a little bit of the world, and, and then the pandemic hit. And so how did you pivot? Uh, so it was a lot of video games. Nice. A lot of downtime video games. Uh, I had been hoping to kind of get back to work. Every, like everybody else, uh, we anticipated three months, you know, go back, do what you got to do. Um, and it was kind of a hard reset. Um, I had friends in nightlife that I was seeing venues, like nightlife actually closing down. Uh, and I was like, well, dang, I, can't, I won't be able to play there anymore. Uh, I was still checking in with uh, with people, others. Uh, and then one of my buddies uh, in LA, and this is what I was in San Diego at the time, uh, had to say, I might have a business for you. Um, coming up soon if you're interested I didn't even ask questions yeah just hit me let me know uh during like i uh i've always cooked uh, but i started a youtube channel which is kind of uh was cooking heart attack uh, some comedy cooking kind of just i was trying to figure out my lane uh but definitely showing people that i could cook um so he had contacted me and then he came down to san diego in may and said hey show me if you were to have a food truck, where you would have it in San Diego? I took them around the city, showed us at this here, 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 here. This is where the most successful one is. Uh, this is where I would put it based off of this demographic. If you're looking for the kind of people, uh, this area is always busy. And they said, okay, cool. Uh, then we went back to the house and uh, he's like, yo, I want to have a barbecue for my birthday. Can you cook? And I cooked up a storm. Um, and then I think like a couple of weeks later, he contacted me and said, all right, cool. This is my idea. Uh, I want you to come up to, uh, to LA and check something out. And I said, oh yeah, that idea's gonna dominate. He told me he wanted a teppanyaki. Uh, and if we were like, I said, dominate. We don't have anything like that in San Diego. It, it'll be great. Um, and I knew the trucks in LA had been very fortuitous. And I said, oh, cool. So I went up to LA. They had a Benihana chef at the house. Um, and he said, okay, watch everything he does. Tell me if you do it. <laughs> I took out my phone, I put record, set it down, and I just sat over there and I watched. And I was asking questions, meticulously, okay, you know, how you do it. And this is just from a quick standpoint, wanting to understand how you're doing something. Um, and then I said, okay, it was Benihana, standard. Everybody's been to Benihana. You like Benihana, you like Benihana. So the guy left and he goes, can you do that? And I said, hell yeah, it's, it's, it's very basic. Um, and it, it's not as hard as people think it is. Uh, it's just uh, knowing your recipes, knowing your style, and then um, the prep. I mean, that's probably the most tedious thing ever is the prep. Um, and so I said, yeah, I could do it. He goes, okay, cool. Um, we're going to buy a grill, and you're going to practice, and you're going to practice, you're going to practice, you're going to practice until we find our flavor that we like, and we're going to do this in a food truck. I said, say less. Uh, so we went to, well, we couldn't go anywhere. We ordered online uh, a flat-top grill, and I started practicing in the backyard. Um, and then as we came along, uh, we came up with the name, uh, which is Bocce Bus. Uh, we came up with the logo, uh, which is 
well, for copyright reasons, like I'm not going to say what it looks like, but it's similar to something that we might have seen very nostalgic from our childhood uh, involving a school bus that might have been magical. <laughs> uh, but again, we put our own spin to it. Um, and then we had about, I can't even count, but multiple, multiple uh, trial runs in the backyard where I, I would cook for people. Um, our, our recipe and every single time we would say, okay, this is what was good. This is what was bad. This is what we could tweak. Uh, this is what we could change. Um, and Bachi was started to grow on social media, like a wildfire. Uh, we posted that we're coming to San Diego. Um, and my network in San Diego kind of took off. Other people were reposting it. Um, it was like, it was the perfect storm being the pandemic that nobody was doing anything. Um, except being on social media um, and seeing something and then kind of getting excited for something that was new. And at that time, uh, food was considered essential. So we were allowed to open and people were excited for it. They couldn't go sit anywhere and eat. You definitely couldn't go to the Benihana's of the world anymore. So um, for those people that wanted that fix, we were going to be able to fill that void. We were the cool new hip kids. Um, we had the athletes reposting us, the uh, rappers, the other kind of celebrities posting us, um, all getting excited and getting behind us. Uh, again, based off your network, you are your network is your net worth. So we would send this to people. Hey, you know, this is the new company we're opening up. Uh, this is the the food. Do you guys like it? Uh, repost it. You want to come check it out? Come try and play. And hell yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll repost and support. Uh, for for a lot of people with social media. Takes two seconds to reclick. Doesn't cost you anything uh, to share something. So we we definitely utilize that. And I'll just fast forward with a year and nine months later, and we're we're sitting here successful. We have uh, San Diego location just coming back. Uh, bigger and stronger. We have two locations in Los Angeles, one location in Oakland, and we're opening uh, two locations in Miami as we speak. So, nice. So you mentioned San Diego coming <clears throat> back. You guys had a you guys had a disaster, right? I mean, most people yeah, like quit. Yeah. yeah. You know, any I, I look at San Diego as the um, as the basis of everything that could happen. You want to experience and and try with with one place and uh, and not have everything bad happen across the board. So anything that could have happened has happened in San Diego. Uh, that being, uh, most recently it was a fire, an arson fire. Um, we don't know who it was yet, but there's like a blip uh, on the camera that the detective showed me of the person, which in the dark. So, looks like so this happened when you were closed. This happened when we were closed. Um, we have had a car hit us while we were parked. Um, a couple had been fighting and she grabbed the wheel and car ran into us while we were opening. Uh, while we were open. Uh, we've had uh, a generator stolen. We've had almost anything that you could think of happen, happen to try to deter us. But yet we've been resilient and saying, no, this is going to work. This has to work. Well, I mean, we were all money in. Like it, it was it was all cash capital to get us going. Brand new business, couldn't get any loans. Um, didn't have anybody staking us. It was just, we believed in it. We blood, sweat, tears last dollars trying to make was, that happen. So was, was the bus insured at least? And so it was insured. Um, and then again, learning the process of insurance and how that works, uh, especially as a business owner. And when you're in your head, you're like, okay, we're covered. We'll be fine. And then insurance comes and goes, oh yeah, here's this fine print that you didn't read. 
time. They're like, this is not covered, and this is not covered, and this is not covered, and we're not going to pay you back for this. But uh, a learning process. I mean, you, you, you take it on the chin, you got to keep going. It's it's something that um, any small business owner, uh, I mean, yeah, would have to go through, I mean, to an extent. Um, and you have to learn. I mean, I look at everything, and I was on the phone with my friends that own restaurants uh, constantly throughout the whole process. Hey, this happens. What do I do? Or what should I do? Or, or what can happen? Or what will happen? I like to be uh, with a lot of foresight and think of, you know, how do I prevent things from happening? Uh, but I learned you can't. It's there for the worst uh, and expect the best. And when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Or so, lemon meringue pie, you know, one of the two. <laughs> there you go. So so was the truck repairable or did you guys have to replace it? So right now we're currently looking for a truck. Um, we're still of trying to truck um, put it back. Uh, we're also thinking of maybe a brick and mortar location for San Diego, San Diego people and kind of getting it launched. Uh, so we're also looking at, at that and definitely thinking that San Diego deserves it. I mean, Constantly on our social media, we're getting asked when Sandy coming back, say when Sandy coming back, <clears throat> and we haven't really given an answer yet because we don't know. Um, but uh, to anybody out there that's asking and wondering, we are working. We've been diligently working on it since November of last year. Uh, how do we get back? How do we get? How do we get back better? How do we get back stronger? Um, and we definitely we want to reward you know the city that that built us. Uh, and who doesn't want to go eat some good hibachi uh, at a restaurant? So. <laughs> So you mentioned you mentioned making calls to friends and and uh, restaurateurs and other people. So let, let's talk about the power of mentorship as as a business owner and and the power of tapping into a network of mentors. Um, I think you could read as many books as possible, um, but real life experience I think trumps almost everything. Um, so if there was something as simple as me trying to figure out what purveyors I need to go to or how to deal with purveyors, I would call my friends that, that have done it before <clears throat> because at the end of the day, the, the purveyor's job is a sales job. He's going to tell you what you want to hear um, and then kind of you know do what he's got to do on his end so he can make his money. But when you speak to uh, people that are, that are in that field and that have done it, that have experience, they'll tell you, hey, you, know, you should go through here, you should go through there. This is what you should demand. This is what you should not accept. Um, they, they kind of point you in the right direction. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody um, in that community, for the most part, that in my experience, wants to help each other succeed because we all know how hard it is. Um, and then I think a lot of people want to come eat your food for free whenever they can. So they'll, <laughs> they'll, take, <laughs> they'll take care of you as they can. But um, no, I, I mean, throughout this, we've gotten a lot, a lot more love than not uh, from other people to, to help us put us in the right direction. Um, I, I think mentorship um, in this field is, is priceless. And it's weird because uh, as we've had, and I don't even call it success, but it, it's it's success. So I'm, I'm very, very hard on, on, on myself. Uh, other people trying to open up their own things to call me, hey, you know, be broken. I get some tips, uh, you know, this and the other. And I'm like, I, I don't know everything, but okay, I'll tell you everything I know. Um, and I mean, and that's everything in life you pay it forward. Um, and, and, and I hope everybody else that does something is successful and they don't have to go through the hardships that I went through. Um, I've had people ask me just in business advice in general, and I would say, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, which is the most important things to me 
that I would look after. Um, and then I say, you know, I always say the little annotation, like, I don't know everything, <laughs> but this is, this is some of the things that I experienced uh, and that I had to go through. Um, so, I mean, if you have somebody in your corner you have access to that you can reach out to and, and, and speak to in regards to asking questions or having some guidance, um, being pointed in the right direction, 1000% I would take it. Um, write the notes down. If it applies to you, it applies to you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I don't think any mentor who gives that time uh, will take it personal. Like, oh, they didn't do what I told them exactly to a T. Uh, because you have to figure thing out, things out for yourself in life. If your parents tell you, you know, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. And then eventually they know you're going to go off outside of this you want to do. And they're going to be like, well, I wish you would have did what I told you to do. <laughs> or like like my like my father does. He, he's like, well, didn't I tell you? And I'm like, you, you know, you were right. Um, but I mean, it's it's prices. I I, I would take every advantage of opportunity that you have. I'm constantly still looking for um, the experienced mentors in my life to point me in the right direction. Because again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I say I don't know anything, but uh, I don't know everything, and I'm still learning as I go constantly. And uh, I think that's that's a part of life as well. And any kind of business and entrepreneurship is constantly be willing to learn, constantly be willing to um, put yourself in situations that you're not comfortable in to gain new knowledge that you never had before, because you never know when it's going to apply to you. You never know what business venture you're going to uh, veer off to do something else, and, and you're going to be like, hey, I got that tool in my back pocket, and I know how to utilize it, or I have that phone number I can pick up and call somebody and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? Somebody might get excited and be like, hey, I want to invest in your idea, your opportunity. It's it's there. So, so a typical restaurateur, right? Typical, even a typical food truck, I think, you know, you you bought the, the grill, you practiced, you became the you became the chef, right? And so now you're you're foundational to to this truck because you're the expert. You're doing the the Benihana thing and cooking. How did you make the transition to recognizing that if we if we're going to multiply this thing, it can't center around me cooking? Um. Well, we started it with that with with the ideation of of growth. Instantly, we had that vision as a collective, as a team, uh, myself and my founders. Uh, we we wanted to go global. We knew the capability was there. We knew that our network had us in that opportunity to do so. And that for the most part, all we had to do was be successful with cooking the food, selling the food, and then managing the employees, kind of the basics um, is what we thought. Uh, and so my first thing was after I knew uh, it takes away the pat for me it took away the passion because i wasn't i've never been uh a formal chef ever worked in a restaurant as a chef so it wasn't something that i was like oh you know i live for the 60 hour weeks cooking um so my best thing was to and i'm still trying to do so is duplicate myself 10 times over and i've been i've been taught this um back in nightlife uh, when i was running the show hey rob duplicate yourself 10 times over then the venue will be smooth. The venue will be picked, uh, packed out. Um, it'll be successful. And so I said, okay, as a, as a cook, how do I duplicate myself 10 times over? As a trainer, how do I duplicate myself 10 times over? Somebody else can do what I do 10 times over. As a business owner, then I can do other things so that I'm not worried about spending 60 hours a week cooking and I can spend 
you know, 40 of those hours trying to help us grow or market us or put us in the right direction or micromanage the little things that need to be done uh, that, that, that happen and pop up in, in business every day. So um, I think that, like, if you're owning a company and you have employees um, and you intend on growing, the, the goal is to duplicate yourself. I mean, uh, or have other people be able to do what you do, meaning like your partners, teach your partners, um, hey, this is how it's done. And at the same time, have, have a conversation with your partners and they're going to be comfortable uh, being able to do that. I mean, not everybody has that relationship or the comfortability with, well, I don't ever want to do that. Understandably so, but finding people uh, that are passionate for what you're doing and they see your vision and they go, okay, cool, I'll do that and, and can do that. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So. so now, so now, some folks—I don't know. When I grew up, a food truck was, uh, you know, the the dragon wagon that pulled up outside and and it flopped open its its door and had you know microwave sandwiches and whatever. Yeah. And so, obviously, you guys have a, a different different level, right? So, who's your ideal audience, and 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 what do you consider your 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 niche? Our ideal audience, and I'll, I'll say. And wholeheartedly mean it is everybody. Um, there's no age demographic. There's no uh, race, no gender. It's if you like good food and you like hibachi, come try us out. And then people say, well, I don't like hibachi. Well, I say, okay, do you like seafood? Yeah, I do. Come check us out. Oh, I don't need seafood. You like steak and chicken? Yeah. All right, come check us out. Do you like fried rice? Yeah. Come check us out. Do you eat Panda Express? Yeah, okay. Come check us out. Um, we have a very simple menu with a lot of different options within it. Uh, and then we've took things here and there and added things here and there, but it's overall, if you were to ask me what the concept is, I would tell you uh, it's a Benihana derivative concept, uh, Japanese teppanyaki, where you cook it on the on the flat top grill, the hibachi grill. Uh, but where we cooked it from our perspective, when we go to places like that, we say, okay, we get it, you do the basics, we want more garlic butter. We want more flavor. We want to be able to uh, to taste your food and not just be eh. Because um, I, I, hate, I hate going places and you spend a good amount of money and you go eh. Um, so we took a little things that we didn't like from other places and we said, okay, we want to correct it and have it be out the jump. Um, and then with the power of social media, we wanted to be uh, constantly present. We wanted to be forward moving with that. We wanted to be ahead of the curve. Uh, so we're constantly posting social media. We're uh, constantly being tagged. Um, we're having um, athletes, rappers, things like that, constantly eating us and posting us and we'll repost it. Uh, so that kind of gets a whole new audience um, uh, for the people that don't have social media. I mean, we're there for you too. If you just want good food, that's what, that's what we, we want to be something for everybody whether you're getting the full uh king's platter or you say hey, i want to you know, or hey, it's on the side of fried rice I, I want to be something for everybody uh to enjoy and become a staple 
people's lives. So you come in North where you would go to a panda or a Wava Grill or something in that same. Now, are you guys doing lunches and dinner or are you guys just did just eat dinner evening? We, we do lunch, dinner, and late night. So we're <laughs> we gotta be able to make money. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta be open to make money. That's 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 pretty good. <laughs> that's that's as basic as it gets right there. Hey, you can't make money if you're close. <laughs> so so let's talk about you. You've mentioned, I bet, three times through this practicing, right? You you bought the DJ equipment and practice. You bought the grill equipment and, and practice. So so what's the value of, of practice and growing your yourself? Um, it goes with the same, 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, I, I played football, basketball, soccer. I ran track, um, did all those things growing up. And I know that uh, my basic level of skills when I started – was basic and then to excel to the next level and play at the next level you had to put in the time and the effort um with anything in life i don't think most people just come out and and are great you think of lebron james one of the greatest athletes we've ever come across yeah he had the natural skill set but he still had to practice to become who he is um you don't become a champion overnight i mean it doesn't it doesn't work like that yeah if you want to be able to where now I can literally go in. I don't need to look at a recipe or a menu. I can go and close my eyes and create everything from scratch and make it for you and know what I'm doing without having to think, oh, what do I need? Um, you want it to become muscle memory. So you have to practice um, with DJing. Um, it's, it's practice, 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 practice. And then a lot of it is um, getting comfortable. I mean, everything that you do in life and you want to do great, uh, you have to have a certain comfort level where you know, okay, if this happens, what do I do? If this happens, what do I do? Uh, so your foresight, your practice is your foresight. Your practice is your, uh, what do I do in this scenario? Your practice is, how can I be more efficient? Uh, your practice is, um, what can make me better? Um, and so you can excel at the, the next level. And with food, it's it's your timing. How can I efficiently cook this the right way, these multiple things the right way, uh, as fast as possible? Because once you've spent your 30 some odd dollars and you're like, okay, I'm waiting. I smell it. It looks good. I got a 30 minute lunch break. I still got to, I still got to drive, you know, five minutes back to the office. I want to be able to enjoy my food in the 15 minutes that I have. So I got to try to get that out to you as fast as possible. Uh, or we have a lunch rush or a dinner rush and people are waiting out the, out the line. I don't want you to be uh, upset. So how can I efficiently cook this as fast as possible, um, as good as possible um, to your standards and, and, and you be happy because at the end of the day, we're in, a, we're in a customer service-based business. So um, and, and anything you do, you're serving others. So you're an athlete, you're serving others. Like how can you make your fans happy? How can you make the owners happy? How can you make the coaches happy? Um, with DJing, how can I make the crowd happy? How can I make the night the, the nightclub owners happy? Like whatever things that I can do to to serve the other people. And now in food, in the same sense, how am I serving uh, my customer base who I want to be loyal and keep coming back and to refer other people to me. So practice yes. is essential. So you mentioned how grateful you were to the city of San Diego and, and the people that helped, you know, get get you guys off the ground and get you started. Um, so let's dig into the power of gratitude a little deeper. And obviously to, to be grateful for a city that that just helped you get started, that, that shows me that you care about, uh, obviously you care about people but you 
you understand the power of gratitude. 100%. I don't, um, along, along that, I'm, I wouldn't be me if it wasn't for them. And we wouldn't be us if it wasn't for them. Uh, and I, I say that on, on different levels. If it wasn't for the people that book us for private events, if it wasn't for the people that uh, waited in long lines, if it wasn't for the people that shared us, um, if it wasn't for somebody believing in our idea, um, or even if you had a bad experience the first time, giving us a second chance to come back and try it again. Um, I mean, we can't do one without the other. And, and a lot of people um, forget that sometimes. And I'm not, I'm not knocking them because it's easy to forget when you're going 100 miles an hour. But sometimes you got to step back and say, hey, you know what? We appreciate you because, um, and I, I tell my, my parents this now, I'm like, I'm, I'm still mind blown how this even worked. Um, and that people believed in it and they wanted to. And I'm, I'm forever thankful, you know. And you, if you catch me there, nine times out of ten, I'm on you, but thank you for coming. How did you find out us? Find out about us? Uh, well, I appreciate you. Hope you everything to, to your enjoyment, to your liking. Um, but that's that's from my customer service background. That's from my upbringing, who I am as a person, and how I was raised. Um, I mean, I raised and did a lot of volunteerism and things like that. So people helping people. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's very simple to. Uh, smile and say thank you. Uh, and for some people, that goes a long way because you don't know what kind of day they're having. Um, I know that when I go to eat at places and I feel like the service is bad um, or uh, the food is bad or something, if if you are uh, a genuinely a good person, apologetic about it, I understand things happen, right? But if you are a combination of both, I'm going to have a bad taste in my mouth and not want to come back. But if you are uh, you think of like a Chick-fil-A. They always make you feel like you have a great time there. If they mess up your order, hey, we're so sorry, you know, we'll fix it. Um, but from the beginning to the end, you want to have a one customer service. Uh, so, you know, that that pays forward with, with the gratitude. I mean, if people are have a bad taste in their mouth about you as a person, then it's hard to be wanting to come back. And so I, I say thank you every time. I mean, I just, if you need something, I got you. I mean, we did... Um, I think we gave away meals for Thanksgiving. Uh, we gave away stuff for, for Christmas, kind of anything like that. I mean, there's people that are on social, you have social media, but you can't afford to have us. Yeah, we, we want you to be able to try us. I mean, we're not millionaires. We're not this conglomerate that just runs like a machine yet. We're, we're more people just like you guys are. And I mean, I want everybody to be able to have an opportunity to have us, if you can. But yet still, yes, make some money. <laughs> absolutely. Well, it, it, it is a business. Absolutely. So let's so let's talk about. You've mentioned volunteering and your upbringing, and and so now that you're you're finding newer levels of success in business, how has that allowed you to contribute more to to do more for the community? And well, we get uh, asked all the time for different uh, ventures to go help out and volunteer. Uh, I know my partners. Uh, are really tied into the Los Angeles community. We've done uh, multiple uh, like charity bowls giveaways. Uh, with food, it's kind of one of those things that you're going to have excess and do you throw it away? Um, so at a period of point in time, sometimes we would take our leftovers and hand out to the homeless. Um, now, we can't do that every day. It's not a sustainable thing. It's not a sustainable business model. Uh, but as you can, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I look at it as that's one of those things, and just my belief is if you can pay it forward, pay it forward. Uh, if, if it's outside of your means, uh, if it's not attainable to be able to do so, 
uh, can't be afraid to say no, but at the same time, have a heart to say yeah if you can. I mean, if it's if, if it's doable, yeah. Um, if you're if you're having a great month, I mean, and somebody hey, can you can you guys donate a hundred bowls? You look at your cops. Hey, yeah. What can we do? How can we help other people? Um, and at the same time, that one meal, which might cost me whatever it costs me, to them is priceless. Um, and you never know, and you hope that maybe one day they get back on their feet. I mean, you think of those stories, right? People get back on their feet, and they come back, and they're like, hey, I just want to thank you, you know, four or five years from now the line, three years down the line. Uh, you guys fed me, you know, when I was at the lowest of my lowest. And now I'm I'm back and whatever, and I want to pay it for it. I want to buy meals for X amount of people. Um, you know what I mean? Things things of that nature, because I think hard times aren't forever. I would like to think hard times aren't forever. Uh mm-hmm. And, and it, most things can be gotten out of. Um, but again, back to being a good person. I mean, it just, it's it's priceless. I mean, you never know who you touch and who you come across. So, I mean, 100% I'm trying. Yeah, absolutely. And I know my partners feel the same exact way, so. Nice. So you basically bootstrapped yourself as a, as a DJ, right? Bought your own equipment, learned how to learned how to do it, and that now you're plug and play, and you know show up at the club and, and plug in and go right. Mm-hmm. But with with Bocce Bus, you guys made the decision to to get investors and to have a business that's different. No, we we went uh, all in. We bootstrapped ourselves for that, so everybody put our we put our own money up for it uh, to kind of go all the way in. I mean that was that was that. We've yet to get a dollar outside of, of us, um, other than small little locations, which I wouldn't say we franchise, but we've uh, had partnerships with people that are building other locations out, um, but it's still us. So that's in the process. That's in the process, that's coming up. The, the investment part is, is is coming up. That is um, something on the very forefront that we've been working towards uh, and has been our vision since the beginning to be able to get to that level, so. And, and how has that process been different from the bootstrapping and, and getting yourself started but how is how is this work talking with investors and talking with other people about expanding and growing the business um, and, and sharing your vision you at the end of the day i got to just genuinely be as, as myself as possible um and i think uh along the lines of when i meet people and i see people are investing in things they invest in uh people um Dan Fleischman says it himself. He's like, I don't invest in, I don't invest in the idea. I invest in the person and the people that are running the business. And can I get behind that? Um, because it becomes a marriage. Um, so you look at it as being you, because if you're portraying yourself one way and then, okay, we get into business and then oh, you go back to being somebody else, it's, it's not going to be successful. You have to be uh, who you are. Uh, I'll, I'll use the analogy. You can't catfish your investors. Uh, the same is with, when you're when you're in a relationship with uh, with a partner. You can't catfish your your partner. They're going to eventually find out who you really are uh, for yourself. And at the end of the day, um, people like people. I mean, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, you're going to see the common goal. You're going to uh, have matching visions and then work together. I mean, um, to the bad things. Uh, and adversity, you guys go, okay, this is how we get through it. And the good times we go, okay, cool, this is how we're going to keep uh, sustaining the success. And I mean, at the, that's the goal is to have the long term sustainable success. So, absolutely. How have, how have routines helped you? Obviously, you, you come from a sports, a sports background, football, basketball. 
and routine and practice are pretty important in there. How have you translated that into into your two businesses? I have a calendar now. <laughs> so you you write everything down, uh, and especially because life comes at you 100 miles an hour. Uh, the more you have things written down, uh, and you hold yourself accountable to those things, um, and meeting your deadlines when you're supposed to meet your deadlines, then you become efficient. Excuse me. Uh, when you procrastinate, uh, you don't get things done, and they kind of slip your mind, which it happens. Uh, it makes it harder to, oh, okay, crap, I got to get this done now. Uh, whereas if you write things down, uh, and this is my father's doing, when you write things down, write it 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 down, when I mean, you can physically see yourself checking off, and you go, okay, cool, I'm done. I got it done. I can move on to the next task. Um, it, it makes the efficiency so much smoother. I mean, that's that's one of the things that the, that I think my dad for uh, on that. And I still struggle sometimes because there's a lot up here. Uh, and then obviously we have the ease of our phones um, having it there, but physically writing it down. Uh, you can have it in your phone, but physically writing it down on a calendar or in a journal or an agenda book, whatever, um, helps. It helps. Because nice. when you physically cross it off, you're like, okay, that's done. Yeah, there's definitely power in that. Are there yeah. are there any routines, daily routines that are non-negotiables for you? Things that that you you want to make sure you protect every day and do. Um, I'm starting to learn and try, um, and I'm nowhere near near it yet. But I want to be uh, is being able to a lot like an hour a day for myself. So whether if that's just physical fitness or uh, meditation, go for a walk, um, kind of just sit on the balcony, enjoy the sun, um, whatever it is. You try to a lot of time for yourself to decompress, um, and that's not be on your phone, that's not watching TV, that's not, you know, just laying in bed going to sleep. It's just, okay, you know, thought process, think, you know, appreciate. You know, for me, I, I take it and go, take a deep breath, like, man, like, cool, I'm here. And then, then I start percolating thoughts in my head. Okay, what, what else can I do? You know, what, uh, how can I change things? Um, what's my next step? And then, you know, maybe have your pen and paper and write down, jot down notes. Um, but that is one of my goals is to try to be able to uh, take an hour a day um, for myself to progressively move forward. And I mean, you never know what you're going to write down or, or what's going to come along. Um, and even if it is just your physical fitness, that's your time for the day, just to decompress mentally. I mean, take that because life is short uh, and, and sometimes you need time for yourself. You, you, just, you work a hundred years to be able to enjoy it. That's, I mean, that's the goal. So enjoy the little things you can while you, while you can now um, because tomorrow's not promised. So, I mean, I, that's, that's my new thing. That Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to try, try to implement. I mean, <laughs> well, good for you. I encourage you to definitely keep, keep protecting that time for yourself. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're crazy busy and, and doing all kinds of stuff, but what do you love to do in your free time? Um, I mean, pandemic re, re, reaffirmed my, my, my love for being outdoors. Um, uh, go ride a bike, um, kind of just sit out and enjoy the sun. I love watching sports, um, being around my family, uh, my friends, uh, things of that nature. So trying something new, uh, going to eat someplace new. I mean, I'm a big food guy. Uh, so life experience enjoy life i mean that's what i would i would say if you said what are you doing every time i try to enjoy life whatever that encompasses nice uh rob what inspires you my family 
Mm. My family inspires me um, and, and the ability to touch other people. Uh, so it's kind of narcissistic to say, but in the least narcissistic way, I like doing things successfully and have other people like recognize it, but not in the, in the sense of, oh yeah, you're doing great, but oh yeah, how can I do that? That way I can each one teach one, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, so whether so it's, it's not it's not ego, it's out of love. Yeah, it's it's okay. I'm doing this. You can do it too, because uh, everybody has their own story and their own journey on on things that have been their highest of highs and their lowest of lows, and how you overcome and over and, and adapt past your negatives. I mean, we all had them. I've had things myself that I've struggled with that I've I've had to get through and get over. Uh, but if somebody were to sit there and you know, hey, I'm in this situation. I know that you've done that. How do I? How do I do it? Or how did you do it? Or how did you stand strong uh, in these tough times? You know, cool. Here, here's what I did. Don't do what I did, but here's what I did to uh, to do it. Or here's what worked for me. And again, everybody has their own story. But to me, it's not the ego. It is the the each one teach one mentality. It's the uplifting and pushing other people forward. And you can do it. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a big believer in, in in telling people. I'm trying my best to be positively affirming uh, with the words more than the actions, but um, trying to push somebody forward to to be, again, everybody's level of success is different, but to be successful in your own right. Nice. All right, you mentioned the challenges in there and the the, the struggles are real. <clears throat> so what, what's been the biggest challenge in, in building Bocce Bus and, and, and expanding? Patience. Mm. You have to have patience. Um, Everybody that has worked for us has been uh, an integral part of working for us, um, building us to who we are and where we are. But you have to have patience um, that everybody isn't you and they don't have your vision. They don't have your work ethic. Um, they don't believe what you believe. But you got to be patient and understand that the right people are going to come your way or that you could teach somebody to come your way or that eventually somebody's going to get it. They're not going to get it the first time like you might have got it. Um, the, the biggest thing is to have, I mean, have patience with your partners too. I mean, one, one person's vision, uh, is similar to yours, but the path and the speed that it's going to be, uh, they might think it's going to be one thing where you in it in, in the reality, you're like, well, slow down. It's a little different. Um, but I mean, with, with time, um, I mean, almost nothing was built great overnight. So anything worth doing takes time. I mean, I, I speak on that on everything in life. <laughs> so nice. Patience. You gotta have that patience. It's so true. <clears throat> well, and I love that not only is it patience, but it's recognizing that you can protect your relationships by, by being patient. And, yeah. and there's pretty powerful to recognize that even you and your partners don't necessarily have the exact same vision. And, and so being able to, to, to understand that, we both want the same things, but how we get there and, and how it, how it's going to end up forming, we, we just don't, don't really know. Right. Yeah. So being patient in that process, protecting your relationship at, at the most, you know, is the most important thing because if you keep your relationship good, you guys can get through whatever challenges you face. 100%. It's patience and trust. I mean, it's trust that, Hey, listen, I got us. I know you got us too. And uh, trust that I'm not going to, do something to hurt us. Uh, and then hey, if I'm wrong, I was trying to, to do the right thing. I mean, that's, that's, that's all in line, the patience and the trust. 
Absolutely. All right, Rob, what's the big dream? Multiple bocce buses in every city. I, mean, I want to be, I want to be a household name, you know, like McDonald's. I mean, I, I just, I, I see it happening and global. I mean, I'm beyond just, uh, just the United States. I think we could be global. I think we could be great. Um, I, 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 there is no end goal. I want to just keep going more, more is more, more, more is the goal. I'm, nice. And that sounds greedy, but more is the goal because I, I think the sky's the limit. And I truly believe it with this now, and I've seen it. So, yeah, but it doesn't have to come from a place of greed. It comes from a place of service. Look at how many jobs you create, how many opportunities you create, and and how much more impact, how, how much more impact you and your partners can have in the That's world it. for good, because because you. But create. when people when people say more, it's it's sometimes looked at that way. But I I, I see it from. It's, it all trickles down. Everything is affected to everything. It's creating jobs. It's feeding people. It's uh, the ability to be to have community impact, um, to be able to uh, have servitude uh, to help others. I mean, it it just just keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. So that's fantastic. All right, Rob, you spent an hour. Let's just say you spent an hour with a future franchisee, and and uh, you want to leave him with leave him with Rob's words of wisdom. What would you share? Um, that I haven't already tested. I mean, I, it kind of encompasses it. Just believing in yourself, believe in your vision, uh, understand that everything is is not easy. Um, and the going. I mean, when the going gets tough, it it, it gets tough. But you got to be resilient. Um, don't be afraid to rely on the people that in, in your corner that have your best interest. Um, and take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, even criticism. Uh, you take it with a grain of salt and understand that uh, nine times out of ten is not an attack on you. It's an attack on, and not even that's the attack. It's just it's criticism. You take from it what can help build you to make better, and then you actually listen to it and adhere to it and uh, and make it better. But just know that at the end of the day, if your heart is in the right place and your vision is in the right place, and you have the tools um, or the resources to be put in the right position, uh, that usually you you can succeed. Um, you gotta have the tools and, and the vision. Sometimes people have vision; and they don't have the tools, the resources mm -hmm. to be able to get it done. Um, that's a big thing. Some people, some people, get that confused. You gotta have a lot. You gotta have a lot of right things fall in place at the right time. Uh, but be resilient. I, 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 I know the first few people I told I was going to do this said, "Don't do that. It's going to be a bad idea." And I said, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> and just believe in yourself. I mean, first and foremost. Too. Absolutely. Believe in yourself and you can you can make incredible things happen. You got to go to sleep and wake up with yourself every day. That's nobody else. So. <laughs> if you're if you're happy, if you're happy with your vision, it's on you. And you can always find the tools. <clears throat> you got to be willing. Yeah. Exactly. They're out there. Yeah. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate all thank that you shared. Me. Wish you the greatest success with Bachi Bus and continued growth in and expansion and and love all the things that, that you guys are doing so thanks thank you very much i appreciate you me. if you enjoyed the show please like subscribe or leave a review we have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com that's add value mindset.com we've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast and we want to give them to you for free addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, 
Jeremy Ryan Slate and Robert have a conversation about building a business with your wife as your partner, the value of brand and how few entrepreneurs understand that they are their brand and the importance of knowing their brand stories and how to use their stories to grow their business.